Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast, brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up? And... Happy New Year! I was thinking about starting this episode singing "Old Lang Syne." Um, I, don't, I probably didn't even say that right, but I thought I'd save you that. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I am your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick, and today, drum roll, please. Okay, that was just me on my desk. But today is the Year in Review podcast. Man, this was almost 3,000 words and I was writing this out. <laughs> it's like my own little personal free therapy session, I guess I could say. Um, I'm sure like many of you, uh, it, it's been a long year, but I'm also really excited about 2017. So as I was thinking about, about doing this post, I've, well, I've actually been thinking quite a bit about how to approach this year in review episode. I, you know, a lot of people are starting to do these or have done them over the last month. And, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that like many other people, this has, this year, 2016 has felt particularly long. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and guess that this was probably a record year for celebrity deaths and crappy politics. I do promise not to go into either. Um, although with the celebrity deaths, um, this is, I'm recording this the day after Carrie Fisher died uh, of Princess Leia Star Wars fame. Very sad. 60. The older I get, 60 is like, wow, that's really young. Um, but more so, I think for me, um, with a couple of musicians, it just reminds you how short life is. And even though I know this firsthand and having lost my husband, it's like, you know, tomorrow is promised to no one. And so you really gotta, gotta make it count, like with, with both Prince and George Michael. They were huge when I was in high school, right? And I come, you know, I keep telling my kids, I'm like, we really had fun music in the 80s. There's fun music in every generation. I'm not going to go all sideways on you there. Um, <laughs> but both of these guys, I have to tell you, I lip sync, I lip synced songs by both musicians when I was in high school. Um, it was, one was Prince. We had done this. Um, it was a combo of the beginning of the, um, you know, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electrical word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm going to tell you, there's something else. Okay, I won't do the whole thing. But so that was the beginning. And then we did this little transition into this pop music song. It was this little dance routine in my dance class. And then the George Michael song was Faith by George Michael. Obviously, I just said that was redundant. But my senior year in high school... Um, our football team was 11 and 0. <laughs> and we backed up to the infamous De La Salle High School. I don't know. For those of you who are in the US, there was a movie about De La Salle. And they were undefeated for, I don't know, like 100 games or something crazy. And literally, my high school backed up to De La Salle. It's a, for those of you who have never heard of them, it is a private Catholic uh, boys high school. And there's a girls high school crondelet right next to it. Um, but they have this phenomenal football team. And <laughs> I went to the public high school on the other side. But the sad thing was that 
I mean, really, we had a good team. And then the last game of the season, I, I don't even know how we were in the same league with them. I don't know how that happened because I don't think they are anymore. But either way, like it was a big deal at the school. And um, a friend of mine, her husband, they're married. He had gone and they had printed T-shirts that had like DLS with the circled line through it. Anyway, so we had this huge assembly, like the school was pumped. And so a friend and I lip synced the song Faith to the entire football team. Like they lined up on the basketball court. It was inside the, uh, um, the gym and the whole school. It was just, it was squirrely. So clearly I wasn't too shy back then. But you know, it just, it takes you back. Isn't it amazing how a song can take you back to a point in your life? You know, when you're in high school, you think, you just don't think of musicians dying, right? That's like, I don't know, everything. You feel, um, invincible. So yeah, it's, it's been a long year in, in that realm, I would say. Um, but I was thinking about this episode <laughs> because for me personally, it's felt like a long year and, I just know, though, I, I I knew going into this that I didn't want to write about or focus on the negativity. We've all had plenty of that, and it's it's simply time to turn the page on it. So my intention with this episode and post, I, <clears throat> because I'll, I, I did write this out, <laughs> is to look back as objectively as I can, acknowledge what worked, what didn't, and share why I'm so excited about 2017. So... When I was looking at the different ways I could format this, because content formatting is is important, and there's definitely different ways to test it. Um, I will tell you guys when it comes to content formatting, you know, if you can bullet and and do li- people are scanners. Some people will will definitely read the full post, but breaking it down, getting out of your head in terms of the grammar we were taught to write in school for papers and whatnot, um, because people read differently on the web. So as I was thinking about this. I don't know. I've, I've done it different ways in terms of business, personal income, you know, just different ways. So I thought, you know what? I kind of look back on the year in chunks. So I broke it down into four quarters, first quarter, second quarter, blah, blah, blah. So we'll go ahead and we're just going to jump into the first quarter of 2016. Yeah. And we are literally what, three days left of this year. It's crazy. Okay. So looking back to January, the first quarter, um, it was December of 2015 is when I had hired Jason Hornung to to work with him and his Facebook ad agencies to create an ad strategy for my podcasting done for you service. It's called Influence Podcasting. And I interviewed Jason. I knew him through the mastermind that I'd been in. And I interviewed him and it was that was probably the initial light switch that got flipped on with me <clears throat> in terms of excuse me, understanding the fundamentals of direct response marketing. And you guys are probably going to be like, Kim, if we hear you say fundamentals one more time, I'm going to punch you. But it was listening to Jason's journey. And I've linked to the interview with Jason in in the episode. But if you just search his name on the site, you'll find it too. It's Jason Hornung, H-O-R-N-U-N-G. But listening to his journey and his commitment to mastering the craft of advertising and diving in and, and going back, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But so I interviewed him and I was like, I really, I knew I wanted to work with him. It was through the mastermind that I had started doing Facebook ads, but I always felt like until I had the podcast offer, I'd say that I always felt like I was creating ads. I was creating offers to support an ad. 
if that makes sense. Instead of saying, this is a great service, product, whatever you want to look at it, this is something of value that I can solve a problem for somebody. Therefore, here's how I'm going to pr- pr- present the offer. Pa, 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 I can't get the word out. <laughs> here's how I'm going to package this offer. And then going through the ad. So instead, it was like, well, I know Facebook ads work. So um, I want to run Facebook ads. So let's come up with an offer. A little bit ass backwards. But it was it was different with Jason because I felt really good about this podcasting done for you service. Clearly, I believe in the medium of podcasting. It is the most fun I have in my business. And it has still to this day, you guys, it's blown things up in terms of connecting with people. I feel like you guys, my listeners, you're like my right tribe, right? You guys get me. If you if you appreciate my self-deprecating sense of humor um, and like the way I, I work through these episodes and who I have on, etc. You know, like we could probably hang out, I would think, my listeners, if you like listening to me, I'm sure we could hang out and be fast friends. So <clears throat> I felt really good about this offer. And so I thought, okay, well, I, I want to, I'm committed to this, right? So the investment with Jason, and I'm going to, I go into numbers, guys was was big and I was scared, but it was like I I I trusted him. And so we started working together in December of last year through his process. And it was a uh, like a three month kind of I don't know relationship agreement contract. The the payments were slid into three. And then in January I flew back to Wisconsin, which is where he lives, and they've got their whole basement is his office and everything. It's all finished. It's really nice. And there are a few other entrepreneurs. And so what it was is we worked through the entire campaign, the offer, your funnel, the strategies, the copy, the copy, I'm not making up words. And I just started the copy, um, researching the audience, all of it, right. And so before I even got there, they did this massive research on my target audience. Obviously, I had work to do. And I had things to supply them with my my ad account, all that kind of stuff. So they could look at the data, they could look at my numbers, they could look at my content, all of that stuff. And one of the things that grabbed me the most when I decided to hire Jason was that he is a believer in content. And for a long time, um, when I was in the mastermind, you know, nobody really produced content. And it was more of a um, just buy traffic and have a high ticket offer. And I'm going to go ahead and do my Kim disclaimer right now to each his own, you guys. But I think the high ticket days for the sake of having a high ticket offer are done. Okay, which I think is a good thing. But it was seeing and talking to Jason and really feeling like, okay, I'm going to invest a significant amount of money. And it could be a ton to some of you, it may be nothing to some of you. But I'm going to invest this money, but I felt like I was getting something tangible, right? So to say that working with Jason and his team was intense, but amazing, is an understatement. I learned a ton about Facebook ads in general, from the point of like, we broke down, I can't tell you how many, I mean, we have access to all his training, everything. But to to look at if you're looking at a Facebook ad, there's like six elements to it, right? From and I don't know what's called what at the top of my head, like ad text, link description, you know, there's a few different elements there. But to know that in these six things from headline to link text to description to image, to call to action, whatever, you know, numbering those out. And if it's not converting first, you try this. 
if that's not converting, then you, then you try this, meaning first you're going to tweak the image, et cetera. So I got all of that as well as Jason has an understanding as to how the Facebook algorithm works, right? Obviously he doesn't have access to it, but they, they manage a lot of ads, close to a million dollars a month for other people. So he just, he understands his, his business to like the minute details. And so first of all, that was fascinating, but I walked away with a different education because it was it was watching what Jason had done to get himself there in a short window, you guys. I want to say he started in like 2011. But in terms of completely committing to understanding direct response marketing and fundamentals, it was through Jason. He really was the one that like turned on this light bulb for me of going back to understanding copywriting and and persuasion and writing and advertising and, and all of those things. And there are some people that are going to argue, oh, persuasion and scarcity and all that stuff. None of that is good, bad, or indifferent. It's, it's human nature, right? And so you go way back, say 50, 60 years with advertising and their reason certain principles work. So to have seen his commitment to understanding that sort of renewed this, the zest in me to, to be a learner again, um, instead of an earner. Ooh, that was a tweetable, huh? <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't really have one without the other, unless you have a ton of money just to invest in ads and pay, pay people to do it. Um, but it was just, it was refreshing after having spent the last couple of years in the mastermind again, which was a great experience. But I felt like I went back to this understanding of the value and importance of having a solid foundation and really grasping these fundamentals. And I really am going to keep talking about these forever, you guys, because March marks March of 2017 will mark my ninth year online. Okay. Full time. And there's no regrets, but truly, I wish I had grasped this sooner, right? But it's that FOMO, that fear of missing out, and the latest shiny object, and all of those things that come along with an internet business. And you think, oh, but here, uh, uh, and it's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and I'll get into that later. Anyways, that was really kind of my focus. So the first quarter of this year, the outcome of the podcast campaign. So again, it was called Influence Podcasting. I had done webinars, I had done other ads, but it was it was the campaign that I did with Jason that converted. So the total investment was 15000 They, again, did all the research, they created my funnel, they created the ad, they worked with me on testing and tweaking. And I have to tell you, it was the first time I had hired somebody who Jason went and looked at the different assets that I had created because we were also running paid traffic to content to warm people up, right? So I wrote three pieces of content on podcasting, which I'll get into another time because I'm using another tool to analyze older content. But it just made me happy that he cared about content because I felt like there's that that initial value piece, right? Okay, so we were running ads to that. But, it, but what he did, he literally recorded a 20-minute video for me after having analyzed all of my assets, how things were set up, what the offer was, everything, stood in front of the whiteboard and mapped out the funnel. And this is going to go here. And then we're going to do it to a webinar. And this one's going to go here. And it was just, I thought, that's that's a good investment, right? Like I felt like I was getting my money worth, my money's worth. And 
Okay, so it's a $15,000 investment to hire them. And um, and again, I also spent a few days and that included the live workshop. They created everything for me. Um, and then we launched the campaign when I was there. So that was great. He also got me back into the content upgrade because I do have a podcast um, content upgrade in those posts. But we'll tie that back into repurposing my content down the road. But um, so my total ad spend when I launched, I only ran the ad for um, eight, four or five weeks, maybe was about $2,500. From that, I got one podcast client and that was a $7,000 client. Um, The the podcast package was 6,000. And then we gave her a deal for a thousand bucks to do a website makeover because the site was clean. And it was just visual. Um, and then she ended up on a recurring retainer as well. So she is, I, I would say we're eh, probably 10 to $12,000 with this client from last year, <clears throat> excuse me, after the initial launch and stuff. And so during that time, I also signed another podcast client and that was just for 6,000. Um, didn't have a, we had done the site year before, um, but I turned the ads off because I, one, I was like, do I want to keep spending $2,500? So let me tell you this. You might be thinking, did you get, I have gotten my investment back total for ad spend and Jason. But if you look at the campaign itself, a $2,500 investment for a $7,000 return, it's a profitable campaign, right? Clearly, I had to learn what I had to learn. So I guess you could separate those two. But and, and I haven't run paid traffic the rest of the year, you guys, because I felt like I was navigating where I'm going and what I'm doing. But I just, I, I wanted to step back. We had a very involved onboarding process. I had my project manager um, with me still at the time, and we had created this, <laughs> it was like 17 points of contact. It, it was kind of involved. So I thought, okay, let's step back. And the podcasting was essentially all the client had to do was show up and record. I mean, we we did a custom page on the site. We did all the editing. We did the content. We did the social media. I mean, we did the, the post, the social media, all that stuff. So <clears throat> it was something that I thought, okay, you know, don't, what's, what's the bandwidth for doing this? Um, and I'd had another client we were finishing up from, oh, I'm trying to think. No, she was from ads I had run in the fall. Another client we were finishing up at the time. So it was... I I just know myself well enough that I'm not interested in like having a new offer and then, wow, I got 20 new people. It's like, whoa. So um, I think I told you guys, right? Yeah. So I got 900 subscribers, subscribers in that process, right? But so it was really the stepping back and evaluating things. And then during this time, I still had some website clients I was working with and I just felt a little bit squeezed um, and thought, okay, let's work through this. And this is also probably where the whole time to end the done for you element of the business started kicking in. I will tell you with the exception of one client that I had in May-ish, um, I've had amazing people to work with. This it's been it's been a fantastic year in terms of great people. My takeaway, I would tell you guys that it is without a doubt worth hiring the right people for mentoring. I have zero zero regrets about investing with Jason. I got very clear after having worked with him that the only type of mentor moving forward that I would hire was someone who could help me with a tangible piece of my business, meaning not general mindset stuff or hype or motivation um, 
or somebody who was waiting for me to tell them what I needed from them, right? You don't know what you don't know. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It's like, I've got my therapist for that, really. Like, she is my life mentor now. She is a very successful businesswoman, uh, sharp. So it's like, I can use her. I go to her for that is what I should say. At this point, I know enough. I am clear enough. I, I know where I shine, where I shouldn't be. And so it's more about where are you going and how is it? So here's an example. And I talk about it a little bit later, but it's like my email strategy, right? I've talked to you guys about the email marketing that I'm doing my almost daily. Well, i I didn't hire him personally, but Ben Settle, who, by the way, I'm interviewing for this show at the end of January. But following um, Ben's methodology in my in a way that works for me, but I studied him, right? So to me, that's a very specific uh, strategy that I'm working on in my business. And so from this point forward, that that's the only type of people I'm going to hire is what are your goals? What are you focused on? Can you hire someone for that specific element, right? Like I got a massive education with Jason with Facebook ads, I get access to his training forever. So it's, it's something that I got very clear on that. And, you know, at this point, in my business, I want applicable business strategies based on data and results. I don't need necessarily the inspiration from anybody else. I know how to find that for myself or feed it um, or know who to go to, to help lift me up, right? Because direct response marketing isn't just about putting up an offer and a good looking landing page. I mean, understanding the principles behind what you're doing makes all the difference in the world. Here's the other thing that I have learned. (laughs) And this probably has a takeaway that I've taken away every quarter of this year. I, I've gotten very clear that I'm not here to be the technician for anyone else. So how I transition out of that in certain elements is one thing. Of course, clients that I've worked in the past, I'm not abandoning or will ever like leave hanging or anything like that. Um, just there's nothing new coming in in that capacity. Second quarter of 2016. How are we doing on time? That was pretty rambly. All right, Doyle, let's pick it up. Okay. Without being too dramatic, this is where the year seemed to get a wee bit harder. (laughs) I made the decision to sell my house that I had been in for 15 years. I had bought this with my husband. He was only in the house for a year and a half. And so it really felt more like my house. Uh, It was a brand new house. And so, and when we bought it, there was zero landscaping in the backyard, which was uh, about a third of an acre. And even though I love the house, I knew I wasn't going to stay in it once my son graduates high school, which is only two and a half years away. The yard was huge and I had put a pool in. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But I was tired of taking care of it, you guys. And it it felt like it was time to close that chapter of my life. I felt like I'd been through a lot with the house. <laughs> and, th- and there's a lot of stuff I haven't shared, which I just won't. <laughs> but I felt like I'd been through a lot with the house and it was just, it was time to turn the page, if that makes sense. So the house sale was a long and tiring process. It all worked out. We closed in December and I'm starting 2017 off with all of that behind me. It was a big decision though, just just to do that. It was like, am I really going to do this? You know, it felt, I don't know, it felt so big. And at the same time, I have to tell you, which I talk a little bit about in this, but I, I do love the new house and it's quieter. 
I, I really have become this, this noise nut. I do much better in a quiet space. There was a grocery store behind my other house. And in the time in between, like I'd go back to the old house and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how noisy this is. Um, but you know, everything there's, I don't know, there's something about you realize it's just a house and I don't mean that to be dismissive, but when you get your stuff into, into your new space or whatever, you're like, oh, okay, this is home. <laughs> you know, So it was interesting. The second quarter was also when I made the decision that I needed to start scaling back my team significantly. I made a good amount of money in 2015, but a lot of it, I mean, most of it went out in expenses and the mastermind. And again, no, res- no regrets with that. But I was tired of the pressure to pay so many salaries because all of that fell on my shoulders alone. No business partner, no spouse. We're going to play the martyr role for just a second. (laughs) But it was all on me. And I I would say the hardest decision was deciding to let my project manager go because she's also one of my very best friends. I mean, we go back like to 15, right? High school. And, you know, fortunately, she totally understood. She's been through everything with me. And and unbeknownst to her, um, I'd love to bring her back with lead surveys in 2017. Uh, and we'll cross that bridge. But it was it was a tough decision. Um, and that was also actually I should, I didn't mention this in um, the first quarter piece, but that was when I decided to leave the mastermind. It was, I had had this amazing experience, I connected with some really phenomenal people. I had made more money than I'd ever had. I spent more money than I'd ever spent. I went on fantastic trips. I had great experiences. But, you know, we're going to get into this when I get a little closer to the third quarter. I'm just, it's not what drives me. Um, And so that was a tough decision in the beginning of January of of 2016 to to say, because I was like this, you know, hashtag empire for life. I loved it. I I thought I was going to just do it forever and blah, 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 blah. It was like family, right? And some of those people I'm still in touch with, um, the, the mastermind, eventually they, they ended it. Um, but you know, it's, it's that letting go piece. It's, there's been a lot of letting go in 2016 for me. Um, Part of going back to fundamentals, though, is also going back to business basics as well, right? You guys know how much I love my tools, my apps, my plugins, but I've, I felt a massive need this year to get rid of the bloat in my life overall, personal and business. Um, so, you know, personally, like getting rid of stuff at the house, throw, I am not a keeper of stuff, guys. I'm not a hoarder. And so I sold things, I got rid of them, I just wanted more ease in my life. And I've talked about that before. The second quarter is also when I had a client from hell. And that really set me on the trajectory that it was time to end this side of my business. And um, it's just, this is a total side note rant that just popped into my head. Unfortunate for you, maybe. But I was thinking about this with people who don't respect your time and space. And I'll talk to you guys Hopefully, I'll remember a little story about somebody who approached me about a barter. Very nice person. Um, but I was thinking about, like, I don't know, and maybe people do this, but I don't know if many other businesses, like, do you just pick up the phone and, like, call your dentist anytime you have a question about, you know, toothpaste or your toothbrush or this or that or your plumber or that? 
your gardener, oh, like randomly, just whenever you have, you just call. You just call, right? And I don't mean about something specific, but there's something about this space where there is a disconnect with the respect for someone's time and talent. And my client from hell was the epitome of that. So they, they went away. And I talked about this, I think, in another episode. I was like, here, here's your, here's your half the money back. Get out of my life. Like, I shut it down. I completely stopped engagement um, and got like, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? There, There's no amount of money that's worth this headache. Uh, so my takeaway, <laughs> while it really wasn't the plan I was going through, um, it wasn't wasn't the plan I was going through. It wasn't the plan while I was going through it, I should say. I realized that I needed to get back to how I wanted to feel in my life. And if it doesn't matter if you're male or female, if you haven't read it, Danielle Laporte's book called The Desire Map, the links in the in the podcast post, is a great book to help you get clear on this. And it feels so contrary, right, to action and something that's tangible that you can put your your hands on. I had to come back to what is important to me. Freedom is hugely important to me. And this is also why I desire the income I do. Not to buy a bunch of stuff, because the last thing I want is more crap to take care of. But to have the freedom to do exactly what I want to do when I want to do it. And you guys, I'm not talking about, I can't even, like, no, I'm not going to take you to school today. I feel like, you know, having an extra long lie. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I just mean whether it's traveling, taking a nap, floating in the pool, this house has a pool too, (laughs) Um, or simply spending a day with a friend, you know, having a a long breakfast or lunch with a friend and then, I don't know, go for a walk or go to whatever. I just, to know that, that other people aren't waiting on me. And trust me, as I get into this SaaS product that I'm doing with Gordon, that's going to be very different. But you know what I'm talking about, right? There, there. It, that's the freedom. And when you get clear on what you want and how much is enough, that was a game changer for me, you guys, when my therapist said, well, Kim, how much is enough? And I thought, huh, like it, you know, we live in this, um, you're driven by how much you have and what you do kind of thing, Western culture anyways. And the goal is to always be wanting for more, right? We're not going to go off on a Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> tangent because I don't see him driven by money at all. But, you know, it's like more, more, bigger, better, more. And hey, if it if it drives you, run with it. It doesn't, you know, but it's, it's when you get clear on well, how much is enough. Like, really ask yourself, at what dollar figure would I say life is good? Like, and then trust it. And eventually, I think that that you may get um, not complacent. If you find yourself getting complacent, that's time to shift it up. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go for more money, but do a different project, go a different avenue, whatever. Um, but when I was the mastermind, it was like the thing that everyone seemed to want was a quote unquote six figure a month business, which was my drive by the time. And some people were very clear on their why behind this, which is why they easily hit it. When, when you had income goals, income goals, some of these people, but it was more about their purpose behind their mission, so to speak. They they had no problem because they they had something of value that they knew they needed to get out in the world. Those people hit their income goals. But when you're setting, it was kind of like where I, I created an offer so I could do Facebook ads, right? It's kind of it's kind of backwards. 
And if you're not driven by money, meaning you can't do something just for the money, then you can really get yourself stuck between a rock and a hard place, which is what I had done. You guys remember when I talked about doing CPA? I'm still an affiliate marketer for stuff I love, but the CPA stuff and all this, it was like, I think I hit a wall where I got frustrated because I had gone in one direction, which we're constantly learning. So just know that I, I have plenty of walls that I hit, but I, I just, I, I have a purpose in this life. I really feel that. And so I, I got myself kind of stuck because, you know, by my own, you know, my own, um, desire to have freedom and a life of ease and stuff and the anti hustle, right? It's like, and that doesn't mean you can't, you can still earn a very good income, a significant income without the hustle. I truly believe that. But you have to do the things that bring you joy. And so I had gone sideways from doing those things that I wanted to do. I still love teaching and training. And when I talk about that, I'm done. I I will probably never do just one-on-one how to do stuff with WordPress. I That frustrates me. It's not what excites me anymore. Um, and so part of that piece is making sure I've got great resources for people, right? Obviously with the WordPress check, but like I enjoy teaching and training. I love doing webinars. I love doing coaching. Clearly I like podcasting. I like creating things, but I wasn't doing those things because they, a lot of them didn't fall under the quote unquote high ticket space. Right. And again, I think those high ticket days are behind us. Um, but I did get clear that my values have to come first. Doing things that I enjoy has to come first. Otherwise, there is no way. And for anybody else who's been there, I can tell you right now that when you do something just for the money, if that is not your drive, it's not going to work. Yep. Crystal ball armchair psychologist moment. All right, let's jump into the third quarter of 2016. So this was really spent clearing things out for both the move and in my business. So, like I said earlier, as, as soon as I found the new place, I, I just started selling many runs to the dumps, um, condensing things, whatever. But getting moved in and settled and clearing a bunch of quote unquote stuff out of my life was so freeing. And like I said, this place is so much quieter. <laughs> very, very happy, Kim. Happy to the point where I'm like, when are the kids going back to school? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're only the third day into the break. Um, <laughs> right. How, how I know I must be, I don't know, first world problems for sure. Right. Like at 16 and 19, they're hardly needy. Um, so the third quarter was also when John and I launched what was originally freedom papers podcast, then became hustle free. Talked about that transition before. And I hadn't had that kind of momentum in a long time until recently with lead surveys. But it was an idea that took a hold of us and something we're still figuring out as we go. And we're going to move to seasons and be back in January. We're not sure what the monetization model is going to look like, what it's going to be, if anything. Um, but it was exciting to have, it was exciting to get excited about something, to have so much momentum and the action was effortless. You know that feeling. I remember as a kid doing things about you know, you really thought this is what I'm going to do. Here's a great example. Like in the fourth grade, I'll never forget this friend. And I really thought we were going to be rock stars and we would spend time, you know, writing songs. <laughs> I was in a 
children's chorus and music was a big part of my life growing up. I'm not like, anyways, it just was. So we thought we'd be rock stars, you know, and kids, they don't have those filters. They don't have the, it's hard, whatever. And that's that age was at nine. So we would spend afternoons writing our songs and then lyrics, right. And drawing out our outfits, of course. (laughs) But it was like, there were, there was, it just, hours would go by, right? So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when you get excited in your business is when an idea grabs a hold of you. And it was during that time that I also changed the way I was doing the email marketing. Um, I mentioned also, I keep repeating myself, guys, because it's like, I know what I've written <laughs> and then I jump ahead because it ties in. But being a Ben Settle subscriber and customer, I knew I wanted to test the daily email method, aka almost daily email method. I went from once, maybe twice a month to a few times a week. I have hit, I think eight days in a row is, is the most I've hit consistently. Um, and I was scared, you guys. I was ridiculously nervous about doing this, mainly because I, we create, you know, obviously in our head, all the fears and the issues and stuff. And some people do not like it. I talked about my hater last week. Um, but for the most part, <laughs> truly, my goal was simply to stick with it, you guys. And I, this is without a doubt some, one of the things that I do wish I had done sooner. Um, Active Campaign, my email provider, is now one of my top five traffic sources. I have more engagement. I've connected with more subscribers. And to those of you who I said, hey, let's connect after the holidays, I was serious. Let's let's hop on Skype and say hi. Um, I tripled one affiliate income resource and source. And I've sold more of my own stuff, which I really don't have many things out there right now than ever before. But my goal was simply to stick with it. And it totally paid off, you guys. Here's where it also paid off. That is the intangible. So you don't, don't write off things that can't necessarily be, uh, data measured, <laughs> right? Because not everything, we're not going to have an analytics thing for everything, right? But doing this because it was a small action that I applied consistently. And you get to decide, don't beat yourself up if, if the goal is to do daily. And it's almost daily, right? What, or whatever it is for you. But what it showed me, it just totally hit so many points across the board in my life in general. Because I thought, well, look at the results you're getting from this small action that takes, you know, initially, because they're long emails, you guys have probably some of you have seen them. And then I post a lot of them as blog posts, too. But it's this long email. Some are, you know, 600 plus words is is a short one. I've had over a 1000 words in an email. But what it showed me was that applying small consistent action is going to get you there so much faster because it starts compounding, right? So it's kind of just I've used the analogy of exercise, any of those things. So if you just stick with it, all of a sudden it starts paying off. And so I also finally released my Thrive Opt-in Funnel course, uh, which I really haven't promoted much. Um, and so I'm going to add more mini courses in 2017 because it just felt good to do that, to get it done. I sell one every now and then. It's not super obvious where to buy it on the site, but that's all coming. I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about it. Um, but I did it. I got it out there. It's only 67 bucks. So I'm telling you, you can go buy it. <laughs> There's a link on the homepage, but <clears throat> the takeaway from the third quarter was 
in looking at the fundamentals, the things that I just mentioned, you know, email marketing, writing, learning copy, all of those fall under the fundamentals I was mentioning earlier. From that, I know that my writing has improved, probably because I spend more time editing than I ever have before. And I'm actually learning, I'm enjoying learning about copy. Go figure, right? Because I really thought, well, I'm not a copywriter. I just, I made these these um, definitive statements about myself. And I, I think that there are probably a lot of things that seem like there are going to be people that have a natural innate talent for for copywriting, and they grab it. And then there are those of us who are going to have to practice at it more. Um, but when I talk about mastering the fundamentals, this is what I'm talking about. Taking the time to write something, to reread it, to edit it, write multiple headlines, split test them, all of it. You know, taking the time to really understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, without a doubt, uh, doing this is it. You're gonna get, you're gonna understand why you're doing something, and all of a sudden you start seeing how you can achieve better results. It's amazing, you guys. Like it completely blows me away to see the results I've gotten just by sticking with this and paying attention, kind of becoming a student again. Um, and you know, I might sound like a complete numpty with this, but all of those things felt really boring, right? Like I felt like the little kid who just wanted a new shiny object. But it was, it wasn't until I started applying myself with zero expectation of the outcome. I wanted to feel good about what I was doing. And I knew that if I put some attention and energy to mastering the craft, that I would feel good. And it was that simple. And then I started to get results, right? And that's when I tell you guys like, oh, now it's kind of fun. This now it's kind of sexy because it's working. But when you see that something that you've created, say a piece of content can work for you over and over and over again, it makes the process of doing it right the first time that much more appealing, especially since now I have you know, 400 some odd posts to go back, not all of them, but it's it's an opportunity that I'm not going to let pass me by. The last and final quarter of the year was sort of uneventful, uh, but I'm going to tell you it's been lovely. <laughs> it's been in a good way for sure. So I finally made the decision that I would wrap up the last and final website projects that I have going on, and I'm going to be done with that. The only websites that I will be taking in the future is for coaching clients or personal referrals. Um, and it's going to be on a case-by-case basis. But other than that, I'm drawing the line in the sand officially. Quote me, whatever. <laughs> I maybe need to tattoo my forehead, but it's it's done. Um, <clears throat> it's actually been a very nice few months. Uh, I'm officially closing down the outsourcing side of my business. I, for those of you who don't know, I have had like a small outsourcing company for the last few years. Um, and it started with having coaching clients who had a similar style business and they needed a developer designer. I, I you know, so, oh, you can use as part of their coaching package. Um, they would get X amount of hours um, or they could have a new website. That's usually what I said. You can have this many hours or we can do a new site for you and you can get an experience for the team, whatever. And then once the coaching was done, they wanted to continue working with the team, right? Because unless you, well, personally, oh, this isn't, I'm not even going to go personally with this because this was never what I intended to do. So I don't know that I am the right person to speak objectively on, you know, the best way to do that. You really, I think you have to navigate it yourself. And it's it's tricky freelancing or setting up an, 
a small agency or your own company where you provide these types of services, you have to really know where you shine and how how you can best take your skill set and make it work within that environment. Um, but so this is something again, you guys. It's just I'll, I'll keep um, my lead developer and designer. Will we've we've talked about everything, and they're going to keep working with me on an hourly basis and and. If anybody who is using them listens, nobody's going to be left high and dry. This will be completely phased out by April, but they'll continue. They can work directly with the team for the same rates. Um, And, you know, I've been using teamwork to manage all of this. I've got, you know, like the agency access to teamwork. So I'll be able to cut a lot of that stuff back. But this is something I, I could have grown throughout the last few years, but it was never something I wanted to do. When I was the mastermind, I had one of my mentors refer to this as my crack. That's your crack, Kim. <laughs> and it sounds harsh, but at the time it was a funny. He's, it was it was a funny. It was funny. He was a really good guy, still is obviously. But <clears throat> you know, when people sell you on an opportunity that's under your nose, I wasn't. What would I say? Not that I wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't grounded enough. I wasn't clear enough in the values and what I wanted my business to look like for me. And so I was like, okay, you know, and the problem with this is that it fell under the category of doing something for the money, right? I didn't want to manage people. So, which meant then, of course, I should probably hire someone to manage the people. So this, I started doing this. I even brought a friend in that to help me grow this outsourcing. But it was like, I don't want to spend my days creating SOPs, you know, standard operating procedures. I don't want to spend my days logging into Slack to check timesheets or to get updates from project. Ma- I don't want to do that. None of that is appealing to me. Um, the other thing that that is challenging with this is that not everybody is able to communicate effectively with the outsourcers. So they needed more direction, which then cuts into my time, which I'm not getting paid for. And so you know, you guys, I just, I spent far too long in retail management. And when I left, I didn't have any desire <laughs> to keep managing people. I always want to be in charge, but I want to be in charge of me. Yet here I was, I'd created something that I never had a desire to do that was bringing in cash flow. Um, and I kind of got hooked in and then I felt a responsibility to the outsourcers. And I kept, then I would bring in more people as I brought more people in to use the team. But You also, you know, not being a developer myself, you know, I, I'm not going to log in and look at, well, this is, this is the tightest, you know, most up-to-date code, whatever. So I had developed a relationship with these guys and knew how to work with them, but I just, I didn't want to play human resources also. Right. And then you do have, when you're working with people that English isn't a first language, there is going to be that challenge. And so it just, you know, I, I stuck with this because someone else thought it was a good idea and it brought in cash flow. And that's at least what I told myself for the last few years. And I told myself the same story with websites. What's well, cash flow? It's cash flow. It's cash flow, right? That if you can, if you can look at something, because yes, we all have responsibilities and bills to pay, but there comes a point that if you're not able to start shifting that the cash flow that you hate, <laughs> doesn't start going from, you know, 80% of your time to 70 to 60 to 50. It has to stop start dropping, which it has been for me. Um, or your your pricing needs to be going up while that quantity of work is going down to balance it out, right? And I've done that too. 
But the cash flow came at a price, and it's not one I'm willing to pay for anymore, period. So I also, in the fourth quarter, so that decision has been made. And like I said, I'll be transitioning out of that. Um, I've started going back to my previously published content to optimize it and promote it. Again, something I wish I'd started sooner. Um, I've done, primarily I've used CoSchedule and a couple other tools you're going to hear more about in 2017. I'll tell you what though, it's time consuming, but it's so worth it. At the end of the day, you're going to pay for those conversions and traffic and leads one way or the other. You're either going to pay with time or you're going to pay with money, with paid traffic, right? So when you're getting started, it is much smarter to pay with your time because not only are you going to understand everything better, but if you're the one looking at your analytics, if you're the one creating the content, if you're the one creating the lead magnets and the content upgrades, I get it, you guys. It's all work. It just is. It's a business just like opening a restaurant would take a boatload of work, right? So is this, but you're going to have to pay for it. And and I look at paid traffic because I've done the paid traffic thing. It works. And I will definitely be doing more of it in 2017. But it needs to complement the organic strategies that are already working and growing, right? So again, over 400 posts on the site, tons of videos on YouTube, podcast episodes. I've talked to you guys about my YouTube strategy. Um, We're picking up our YouTube sessions, as we're calling them, um, next week. But I want what I've already created to be converting better, which is my focus now. It was my focus uh, for fourth quarter and will continue to be in 2017. Oh, goodness. Last but not least for the fourth quarter, of course, is lead surveys. This is just another one of those ideas that grabbed a hold of me. I have talked, um, I have, I talked about this last week's episode, um, but basically this is a simple survey option for generating leads with your website. Think sort of like SurveyMonkey meets Thrive Leads. I'm doing it with Gordon Orlick of Web Factory LTD, and we should have version zero ready to go by mid to late January. Again, this has been fascinating. I will be blogging and writing. Did you guys notice, by the way, another little Kim side note snippet? Have you noticed that people are talking about blogging again? I see the word blog and blogging coming up more because I think everybody realizes tactics are one thing. Tactics? I can't speak today. Tactics are one thing. Content is the marathon, right? So anyways, that was a little side note. Um, But... It was, you know, coming across, uh, again, something that I wanted a way to segment subscribers, have something beyond just the, you know, give us your name and email for this, which still works, you guys, not judging it. Um, But being able to do a survey that you, you do and don't show that you've got some conditional logic that doesn't make your head hurt on the back end, because you need to be like this crazy funnel expert or something. Anyways, long story short we're doing this together. I have wanted to do a SaaS product for a long time. I love software. Um, and I I really feel like everything I have done has brought me to this point. I have tried my hands at plugin development. Um, and I'm sorry, I know some of this is redundant for those of you who listen to every episode. But the plugin development is tricky because I think the WordPress space, you have a lot of people that don't even want to pay for an annual renewal of a plugin. Because you've got here, you've got the rep- repository, right? with hundreds of thousands of free good plugins. They're not all good, but you know what I mean? Um, And so where if if you do a SaaS, which is a service as a software, if you're doing a web app, essentially, so meaning 
you know, think like logging into ClickFunnels or logging into lead pages, you know, and there's usually a WordPress plugin that'll pull a piece of that tool in for you, which we'll have also, but you have um, a broader audience to sell to. Everybody needs leads. Leads isn't going going anywhere. And I see the potential here in terms of the conditional log, the logic piece, the the retargeting, the ability to show certain things to certain people, that's just going to get even more amazing, the ability to do those things. So obviously, version zero will be kind of minimum viable product. We'll do some lifetime founder pricing kind of thing with that. Um, but I couldn't have imagined a better scenario if I had tried, because when I did the plugin development, I had my developers, again, English, not first language. And so it was me um, and a friend and I had done one of them and it was like giving instruction, but they don't have that marketing side, right? Where Gordon has been doing this for years. They've got all the servers, he's got his team and he understands they've done white labeling of products, but he understands the marketing piece. And so I'm really excited because then I get to focus on the content, the marketing, I'm We'll see if we do a podcast for that brand, but it's all going to be about the teaching, the training, the educating. So it's all going to tie into what I'm doing. WordPress chick's not going anywhere, but I'm really, really excited about this. So uh, lead surveys, again, it's just leadsurveys.io. You can just get on the early notification list. Uh, We'll keep you posted because there will be a lot of, my goal is to model what CoSchedule has done in terms of creating content uh, and doing training and demos and just a ton of value to their users and just email subscribers. Uh, The last thing uh, that I did really was I participated in another mastermind, but this was one by Carrie Dills. This was just a 12-week mastermind, and it actually started uh, in the third quarter. I want to say, wait, September? But it was maybe end of September. Either way, it was 12 weeks, and it was simply to hold one another accountable. There were three other women besides Carrie and myself. And it was based on, I think it's a book called The 12-Week Year, where you set goals in the beginning, like one to three, whatever. And you just stay on task and focus and we support each other. And there's a Slack channel. You guys, I'm just not great at at having multiple... um, I loved Slack initially when... This was a couple years ago, I found Slack when when I had decided to keep pushing the outsourcing. Uh, I just don't want people pinging me all day. (laughs) Um, So I felt bad because there were times it's like, I'm like, oh, wow, I've missed all kinds of conversations in the Slack channel because I would close it. I'd go in, I'd do my, and I'd close it. Um, Skype is pretty much the only thing I keep open. Um, But other than that, it was, it was an awesome experience because not only did I connect with three other women besides Carrie, um, that, you know, amazing women that I'm honored to know. And I realized that I do like that shorter concept. I think the 12 weeks versus an ongoing mastermind. And we were going to continue it. Someone else was going to take it over. I don't know if that's happening still. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. And, you know, when you have Carrie did a great job of, all right, guys, take, Next, you know, like cutting it off at the hour. Because when I was in the other mastermind, it was like some, sometimes those calls would go two and a half hours and it was just the whole day. Because it's, it's, there's something about showing up and engaging and being super, super present, right? As opposed to just present, but really being focused on what you're doing. Um, it, it can pull, it's t- a little bit tiring. 
So the takeaway for fourth quarter, and wow, we are almost at the top of the hour already. I am chatty. Here's where I might get a little bit woo-woo on you guys. But this last quarter of the year has been all about trust for me. To trust that what I'm doing is enough. To trust that what I enjoy doing most is more important than the money. And doing something for the money never works anyways. To trust that even though I may not get the daily confirmation of the results, doing small actions consistently far outweighs the big actions. Trusting that people want what I'm doing. Like, I love you guys. You are awesome. I have the best audience. And just anytime I get an email reply, you guys, those make my day. They really do. I, I just, I feel so appreciative for the people that are in my life, whether we've ever connected personally or not. And lastly, trusting that in the end, all is well. <laughs> um, it's, it's really been a grounding few months for me. So let me see if I can wrap this up, uh, wind us down, whatever you want to call it, to share with you why I am so excited about 2017. And I have to tell you, I was tempted to say, because it's not 2016, and drop the mic and walk away. But in all seriousness, this is the first time in a very long time I have felt this clear on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. The idea that the majority of my time will be spent focused on my business and my projects makes me feel giddy. Like I feel like I'm cutting school or something. I definitely need to shift that perception, right? So it's not one of I'm, I'm doing something. I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing because it doesn't feel like quote unquote work. Not that this ever feels, trust me, having been in retail, like all dressed up, nice shoes, everything, and freaking, you know, hauling furniture off a truck, and that's work. This is not work. Um, it is, but you know what I mean. So it's just like when I think about what my days and my weeks are going to look like when it's just, that's it. It's, it's my content. It's my products. It's my services. It's, the sass, it's that's it. It's like I feel like I won the life lottery. I don't know. I don't know. That was kind of a goofy analogy, but um, I did a lot of personal work and reflection in 2016, and I'll continue to do that this year, but with much more compassion for myself and trust in what I'm doing. Don't that does not mean I don't have fears and doubts. Please know that I do. Um, that's just why <laughs> the therapist is still around. Um, but it's it's just it. I, I like gentle structure in my life. And that's kind of the, the direction I'm going in. You know, of course, adding the SaaS product in is going to keep me on my toes, but that's okay. You know, someone who learns, learns, who loves learning, I fully expect to enjoy every moment of the journey. Because even to this point, I would say Gordon and I have been working on this. Um, I don't even know. It's probably been a month, five weeks, six weeks. I don't know. But <clears throat> the it's been phenomenal to get a totally different side to the space that I love and and understand how pricing models work for things that require server space and all that. It's been interesting. Um, but I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about this whole journey. And I also stayed home a lot in 2016. And I don't mean just in the house, which I kind of did minus the crazy move. Um, because 2015 wore me out with all the traveling I did. And not so much because of travel itself, more because, you know, some of the mastermind trips were just intense. They were nonstop the entire time I was there. You know, literally from, you know, 
I always flew in a day early, not like the day of or the night of like, I needed a day to acclimate. But it was like, then we'd start at eight or nine, go the full day, dinner that night, you know, one, usually two adventures plus dinner midday, third day, it was just like, I need space in my life. You know, like my idea of like an in-person mastermind is more like an all-day workshop that it's just, it's casual and you bring in lunch, but you go around and, and I'm going to talk about that because I do want to do that. But it, it's more of like a one-day workshop where you get like 10 people together and you work through each person's business, homework to be done prior to showing up. Um, but that is is more, I think, my speed. And so I've gotten really clear on what works for me. But in addition to like, I feel like I've, I've gotten, it's been a tiring year, but I've gotten some rest. I'm like, hey, I think it's time for some more vacations. Um, you know, exploring some new places, unplugging a bit more, um, hopefully Costa Rica this year. Still have a ticket to Ireland I would like to use. Um, but in addition to vacations, I'd like to do more in-person connecting. You know, maybe it's a meetup. Maybe it's, like I said, like a one-day workshop or more of a weekend retreat type of a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know exactly what that looks like, but it's time to get out again. Um, I do think I'm leaning really heavily towards going to podcast movement this year. It's actually in Anaheim, uh, California. Um, I think it's in Anaheim. I know it's in Southern California, uh, but maybe even applying to speak. Who knows? But I do, th- that I feel like would serve me really well. So I kind of look at even events as like, I wouldn't go to, you know, the big traffic conversion. I'm like, I just, eh, I don't need more. I don't need more <laughs> in my head right now. I want to master what I'm working on. Um, but I think a good balance of downtime and connecting is is needed. And uh, at some point next year, I'm going to actively <laughs> start dating again. <laughs> How's that for a little what the what? So needless to say, I'm sure that will inspire some fun, interesting, hopefully not um, crazy stories. I shut that shit down pretty quick. Excuse my mouth there. But whatever this year looks like, I am entering it with open arms and I am ready to embrace all that it brings. So on that note, I think uh, I think that's it, guys. That That's sort of my year in review. And most of all, um, I, I so appreciate you guys being on this journey with me and continuing to listen. Um, if you haven't left a review, of course, I'd love it. They mean the world to me. Reach out. I, I swear, you guys, I'm so sincere when I say that. Just say hi. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a good year. I feel that. So as always, thanks for listening. I love you guys tons. Have a very happy new year wherever you are. Be safe. Um, And I will talk to you next year. I didn't know I was going to say that, but I kind of had to now that I'm here. All right, guys, till next week.